You're listening to Epic Catharsis, Storytelling Do's and Don'ts, the podcast where an expert and an in-law discuss storytelling and how it could lead you to catharsis. Hi, I'm your host, Tyler. I'm your host, Kelly. And we're going to be talking about episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars today. I have um, just recently watched one, two, and three after years, like over a decade of not seeing those movies. And Tyler is a very big fan of the Star Wars universe. So we have, I have a feeling this is going to be a a mix of a deep dive and epic debate, but let's find out. Star Wars is so near and dear to my heart. And I think I talked about it on the very first episode that we did here. The fact of Star Wars pretty much is what rooted me in my youth of leaning me on this path of pop culture and writing and just just leading me in this journey of enjoying storytelling. And so I want to start this off. I truly I, I don't want to put any of my opinions out there right now to start with. I truly just want to know verbatim what you think of these first three movies, because it's so interesting. I think it's actually really cool to listen to somebody who is looking at this from an outside perspective, who's not just a huge Star Wars fan. And for watching this for the first time, decades after they came out, I think that I think this is going to be a really fun episode. But I just want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time I've seen the movies, but it's, I don't, I didn't remember the movies. It's been so long. So it felt like the first time I've seen these movies, even though I know the twists and everything. And I really enjoyed hating them. I don't think they're great movies. They're, the writing is trash. The acting is not good which says a lot about the directing in my opinion because these this is an all-star cast like they had some really great actors in this and i don't know i overall i just thought they were bad movies i think george lucas has a really really creative brain i don't think he's a good writer and i i don't think he's a good director so tell me some about uh episode like go through each episode individually and tell me like some of the things that you just because i want to hit on all those points but i also want you to you know get the chance to talk about like the little details in each one they don't have to be a lot but just tell me like a couple of the things from each episode that you didn't like episode one jar jar binks i hate him i hate him so much he added nothing but irritation to the process of watching this movie I had started a couple of months ago, I tried to watch these and I started probably, well, I ended probably 30 minutes into episode one and it took me months to watch the movies again. And because I had recently seen the first 30 minutes, I skipped those and that's how I made it through episode one. I basically skipped Jar Jar Binks because he is the worst. And I'm not saying anything against the actor because it's not his fault. It is the creation of Jar Jar Binks I'm mad about. Don't be mean to that man. He's been through enough. He was just doing his job. But Jar Jar Binks is the worst. And on top of that, my biggest problem with this series is it is an exercise in misogyny. and. 
uh, Padme went from being a badass to being a pathetic little And that's frustrating. So episode two was the time skip between baby Anakin and Hayden Christensen. Um, his delivery was so flat. And I, th- I think that's on the director. I don't necessarily think that's on the actor. But it was just truly so cringy. And the relationship between him and Padme was so forced. And it just was not good. Ewan McGregor is the only thing that was good about that entire prequel series. Ewan McGregor, Yoda... Honestly, I didn't even like Samuel L. Jackson's delivery. I thought his delivery and his acting was flat, too, which is why, again, I think it was the directing. And I don't know, dude. I just thought they were bad movies. They just, they were so cringy the whole time. And it wasn't like The Office cringy where it's fun to watch. It was like, this is not a good movie cringy. And I don't know why I'm watching this other than the fact that it's Star Wars. So it's fun to to look back on this because when you when you look at these movies first off it's hard to to designate or to kind of separate the difference between looking at Star Wars as actual just films and Star Wars itself because most of the time when we watch these as fans or people who don't watch them as fans and who are just watching them as moviegoers, um, that's whenever you start to kind of see some of the more divide of, you know, the fans kind of see things and they can just take certain things at face value. Um, they can accept more things. Um, like, well, I guess I can't say Jar Jar because I guess <laughs> a lot of the fans. Even the fandom <laughs> hates Jar Jar. <laughs> which I do think is, I think that should be its own episode because there's something really cool that I'll tell you about one day. That I don't, I believe that Jar Jar is a secret Sith Lord, but we'll talk about that. You know what? That fan theory is bullshit, but whatever. We'll talk about that. So, but when you try to separate these, it's hard to to do this and to separate these films as Star Wars versus of a film. Um, And we see this in a lot of other things in pop culture. We're seeing that these days with Marvel, where we're seeing people they can't really distinguish: is it a good film or is it like a good comic book accurate movie. And that's what people are kind of trying to divide them into in a way. So it's interesting to hear some of your viewpoints. And most of the things that you didn't like are aspects that the fans didn't like either. Um, But again, there's also the different um, eras of the Star Wars fans. And I want to talk about that for a minute because you have your original fans, your people who went and saw the original 77 you know, 83 movies in theaters. You know, these people who grew up on A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, the, that is Star Wars to them. And then when they saw these prequels came out in 2000, what was it, 1999, I believe, um, was The Phantom Menace. Um, and you, you see these these people go to the, the second stage of these films. They They immediately walk out and they're like, 
yes, this is George Lucas, but this doesn't feel like Star Wars. And there was this big divide in the fandom and people were like, this isn't Star Wars. And for me, when I was growing up, thankfully, you know, my dad, whenever he introduced me to the films, he introduced me to four, five and six. And so that was my core of Star Wars. But I was also so young whenever this other series came out. I didn't even go see the prequels in theaters. I think that I heard that Star Wars Episode Three in 2005 came out in the theaters. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll watch that one day. And going back and watching those, I was so young in my fandom that it just it was like, okay, this is Star Wars. This is part of the Star Wars experience. Um, but there was this big divide. And now you see these new generation with the newest movies and sequ- uh, sequels that came out where I've decided those three aren't canon. Yeah. And I've and that's, made that decision. And that's kind of where I am. Not, I guess that's kind of where I am too, or I'm part of that, that thing where star Wars to me is episodes one through six. And so looking at seven, eight, nine, they don't feel like star Wars. And that's kind of the same way that people were looking at the prequels when they first came out, but they had these same issues. You did that where the writing feels bad and the acting seems off. Like there was just something off about all of them. And it really calls into question where was the difference between the original trilogy and the prequels? And what I've been, um, what, what I've been noticing having watched these recently is that I, for some reason, because I never do this, I decided to pay attention to the credits. And in the credits, you can see in the, the original trilogy, four, five, and six, there is a much bigger team with control than just George Lucas. They picked up where he has weaknesses, I think. Because even episode four, which is good, but it's not the best, that one was where George Lucas had more creative control than five and six. And five and six, in my opinion, are better than four and way better than one, two, and three. Yeah, you've, you've, you've hit it exactly on the head. I mean, when you look at four, five, and six, George Lucas didn't have as much. Um, he had the influence of the story for four, five, and six, but you know, whenever he first made the first draft for four, um, his wife was actually the one who had to help him fix it and some other people and stuff. And that's where you really kind of see the studio influence coming in of this creative team coming together to make Star Wars. And you get this, this more of a polished story. And, and really, I kind of have to look at Star Wars as both the story and the actual film itself in every single movie. And when you look at four, five, and six, both parts work. The story and the films work together. And then whenever Luke, whenever George Lucas had his issues with the studios, um, whether it was monetary reasons or the creative differences, he basically got the money after obviously making a lot with four, five, and six. That he said, I'm going to make episodes one, two, and three. I'm going to make the prequels, and I'm going to do my story. I'm not going to let anybody tell me anything. I'm going to write it. I'm going to direct it. And it fell flat. You know, there were aspects that he was trying to do creatively that just did not work. He actually, if you... And it's hard. It's so hard to to take a piece of any type of fiction and say, oh, but if you knew what the, the director or this person, the artist was trying to do, it's, it's like, well, they tried to do it, but they failed. And as much as I mm-hmm. love the films, when I look at Star Wars, the prequel movies from a a clear objective viewpoint, they're not amazing films. And he didn't, he missed the mark on it. But in the interviews, when you listen to George Lucas, he's telling, and he says that, you know, he missed the mark on a lot of it. 
but he also tries to tell you what he was trying to do. The reason that the you know the 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 dialogue felt flat was because he was going for more of an on the nose style that he was trying to coin or was trying to revamp. I think it was from the twenties or thirties or something. He's he's actually extremely smart when it comes to old film history, and he's trying to use some. I of these think aspects. he was probably making excuses. I don't know because ultimately it didn't read well, so it it wasn't good. Like whether or not he's. If he was brilliant, he would have done this in a way that would have read well on screen. And it it didn't. It was cringy and boring. So, And I think George Lucas had an amazing story in his head. And he just... He, I don't know if... I don't know what he is professionally. I don't know if he's a professional director or a professional writer or if he's just a think tank. But like... I don't know where his background is, but he needed he needed that team to question some of his decisions because they just he wasn't a good decision maker with those that are, that prequel. I think that's also seen in the other works of Star Wars that he's been involved in. So if you take away the prequels, he then stepped into the role of cartoons with the Clone Wars, and he brought in that team. He brought in people like Dave Filoni and everybody else, and he taught them. He said. I want to do Star Wars, and I realized that I didn't do a great job with the prequels. Let's get a team behind this. He said, I want to teach you some of the storytelling. And there's a great interview with Dave Filoni about this, where Dave shows him how Lucas taught him about Star Wars. And George goes in there, and he explains a lot of what Star Wars means, the themes and everything else. And he talks about the process of how he wants it to be explained in the cartoons. And he lets them pretty much do their thing you know he's in there for the creative control but you can see the difference whenever he's working with a team versus whenever he's working on his own and as much as i really do feel like episode four uh, excuse me episode one two and three it was kind of him trying to put his foot down and say i can do this all by myself and i feel like he backed himself into a corner and kind of had to just finish it out um and there there are parts of those that i love you know as much as I, oh man, Anakin just frustrates me so much. It's so bad. It's it's. That, it's so I mean, bad. there's a reason that the sand quotes are made into so many memes today, is because it's just truly a joke. Like, but then you look at other things, and even though some of the some of the layer, um, the dialogue is on the nose with even with Erwin McGregor, you know, do, well, I do think we really part of think... that was the delivery too? Is that Owen McGregor came in and was like, I know what I need to do for this. I'm going to do it. And then some of the other actors were really young or they came from really different genres where they don't usually do things like that really deep sci-fi. And those are the actors who really just didn't hit it because they didn't have the direction they needed where Owen McGregor isn't. He's just so good. He's so good. <laughs> he is, but I think it's interesting because we look at Owen McGregor now and look at him in the Star Wars films and we say, oh, he's the best part of the Star Wars films. But since then, you know, he's done pieces like Moulin Rouge, like the newest uh, Birds of Prey movie with Harley Quinn. Um, and he's not considered an A-list actor. He's not considered the go-to guy when it came to films, even coming out of Star Wars. So my question, I guess, when I ask myself this is why, if he was so good in these films, why wasn't he um, brought out 
and to do more bigger pieces and stuff, kind of like how Harrison Ford was back in the 70s and 80s. And I think for me personally, I think as much as Ewan McGregor did a great job with his delivery, I think that some of his stuff was just written better. I think that George just kind of understood Obi-Wan's character a little bit better and was able to show that a little bit better on screen and it was just a mix of the two, but it, but it's also questioning because how do you get people like Samuel L. Jackson, who are known A-list actors, Qui Gon Jinn, um, Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, oh. you know how do you get these these people that are that are been A-list actors and they are like yes please let me do a Star Wars film, and they walk away and they're like we not only have no regrets but we want to do more. You know, they, they knew that it was clunky dialogue and something like George must have told them something. There's no way that they read that line and said, I'm just going to do it because it's Star Wars. George had to have said something to them about the dialogue. And I don't know what it is. I don't want to like try to guess of what it is, but I have a feeling that, you know, they wouldn't have just done it if there wasn't some sort of reason. I think you're making excuses because you're a big fan. I really, and that might be part of it. I think that, I think that my fandom does kind of come into it a little bit, but part of me does hope that, you know, there was some sort of big reasoning behind it. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I do want to touch on real quick though. I just kind of brought this up, but when you look at the original trilogy or not the original trilogy, but the prequels, you know, these, these that are fans hate or not hate, but you know, aren't the favorite. And you look at these actors, you look at Liam Neeson, you look at Samuel Jackson, you look at Ewan McGregor, Christian Haydenson. You know, you look at these people. Hayden Christensen. Hayden, yeah. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> wow. You look at these <laughs> actors, you look at these actors who were prominent in these films and they Again, they did not hate it and they want to do more. But then you look at the prequel or the sequel films that just came out a couple years ago. You know, the way, you know, different actors, different directors, bigger production, bigger everything, new age and everything. And these actors want nothing to do with the Star Wars anymore. You know, the, the actor who played Poe says he, or Os- uh, Oscar Isaac, I believe, he said he doesn't want to ever mm-hmm. come back. You know, we've we've obviously seen some of the issues that Finn's character um, has had in media and stuff. And Ray, her character or her act, uh, the actress for Ray said that she doesn't want to come back or, you know, if some. I mean, poor Kelly Marie Tran, uh, they they did her character dirty. But on top of that, the Star Wars fandom is known to be extremely toxic and just cruel. It really is. I wouldn't want to go back if I were them either. They're probably treated horribly. But just as it's probably more toxic today, but part of me wonders what it is about those prequel films versus these sequel films. You know what I mean? Like there's something about them, like even though the prequel films are like receptive as bad, why do people, why do the actors want to go back into it versus now? Like even though we say that the sequels are bad also, the actors also say, yes, this is bad. We don't want to be a part of it. So that's that's kind of where I'm I'm on this and this is more of a fan perspective. You know, I'm looking at it like what is it about the prequels that the behind the scenes that they just love so much was it George Lucas? You know, was it something about the Star Wars and just being in it that they are drawn to as older fans? And I just I don't know what that is. I mean, maybe it could have something to do with the studio too because I mean, Disney doesn't exactly have a great reputation. 
for um, that's true that's true being a good company to work for there i that, they seem so controlling it's almost like they have their hands to these creators throats so and then on top of that the director's getting more hate than anyone for the new star wars stuff and everybody hopes she gets fired because i mean she didn't do a good job who are you talking so about i really th- um whoever did the most recent star wars films kathleen kennedy she's the overall director yes Oh, okay, okay. Well, the, that's who I meant. Yeah, the series overhead. Basically, I just think that George Lucas needs to be on as a think tank. As far as, and a producer, but as far as directing and, like, writing, I think he needs to work with those people, but he just shouldn't be the main guy, I guess. That's when the movies were the best. What I would give to see George Lucas come back to the Star Wars series as, like, a creative head, like... Now, as as much as I say that, I love what Dave Filoni and um, I know John Favreau's done a fantastic job. Yeah, John Favreau, like what they have accomplished with the Mandalorian. Even as much as I'm not completely sold on Mandalorian, you know they they have truly touched it in a way that feels like Star Wars, and they have this overarching thing. I thought the Mandalorian was great, and I my favorite Star Wars film including all of the episodes the whole franchise was rogue one i thought that was the most well done star wars film not exactly a popular opinion but that's funny because when you look at the the scripts that george lucas gave whenever disney took over everything the two that had the most um completed on it was rogue one and han solo and i'm not sure which one was more uh that they used most of the script of george lucas's and I want to say it was Rogue One. I might be wrong on that. Um, comment if you remember if it's Han Solo or Rogue One. But I believe, if I remember correctly, that it's Rogue One. Yeah. And Solo wasn't exactly well, well received. But I didn't think it was a bad movie. No, I not at all. I just didn't think it was a fantastic movie. You know? It was just, it was it was a fun movie to watch. And I'm glad I saw it. But I wouldn't necessarily want to watch it again. Where Rogue One, I thought was magical. And I think whenever you accumulate all of what we've said so far... The easiest way to kind of put it in perspective is Indiana Jones. What people don't know is that George Lucas created the story for Indiana Jones. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. If you go back and watch Indiana Jones, look at the credits. He created the main story with Steven Spielberg. He did not write, you know, the entire script for everything. He did not sit there and he was not the one who wrote line for line, but he created the story. And yes, again, it was him and Steven Spielberg looking at the old serials of the 20s, 30s, 40s um, and trying to come up with that kind of an aspect into a current modern day Indiana Jones. But it's so it's so interesting to see because people don't know that people just look at that and they say, oh, it's Steven Spielberg. But George Lucas yeah, but actually George Lucas actually created the, the story for it, or, you know, was one of the two main brains in that story. So it's truly interesting to see what he can do whenever he takes a step back and says, like you said, just like you said, let me be a think tank. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he, just from what I've seen in these, you know, six movies so far, nine movies, whatever. Um, I think that's where he thrives as just a creator. A, a something, a dictator. And I don't mean like a tyrant. I mean like someone to dictate the story to someone else who will then uh, realize that story. 
What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Did you watch The Clone Wars? How are they? Did you get past Jar Jar Binks? Like, what are your thoughts on this series? It It's extensive, so we want to know what you think. Yeah, Star Wars is one of the biggest uh, franchises out there and definitely one of the most polarizing with his fans and everything. So, So tell us what you guys think. Do you think that George Lucas should have more of his hand in the pot in future things going forward, or does he need to stay away from it? Or maybe he needs to have some sort of a mix. Does he need to be more involved, like, in a assistant director position? I don't know. Also, be kind. Don't be so mean to people. They're just doing their jobs. Don't be so mean to the Star Wars actors. Leave them alone. They're just doing their job. They're just doing their job. But with that being said, thank you guys for listening to this episode we definitely will have more Star Wars content for you because we, I love Star Wars and Kelly is opinionated about Star Wars. So I am. Also, I'm currently trying to make my way through the Clone Wars. So once I finish that, maybe we'll have an episode on those. And those are some of the best parts of Star Wars. I guess we'll find out. It took me a while to get through the first couple episodes because, well, Jar Jar is in some of them. But <laughs> at, And once you get to the Clone Wars, you just got to kind of laugh at them. It's it's just I am, fun. I am glad that they have strong, like a lot of strong female characters because Star Wars really got pretty misogynistic there for a while. They Carrie Fisher was so strong, and then Natalie Portman is so amazing, but they just did her character so dirty. Literally died of a broken heart. Bullshit. But you know, I digress. But thank you guys for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time on Epic Catharsis. May the force be with y'all. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Catharsis. Check us out at our website, www.epicatharsis.com, or you can check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought. We'll be back Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. Okay, bye!